What's going on? Yerks here, and welcome to Yerks Talks. I hope everyone's having an awesome day, an awesome week so far. Thursday, September 24th, we got football tonight, and we will preview that Thursday night football game. We've also got more baseball nonsense. It has been so chaotic, especially in the National League. Everything's up in the air right now. Obviously, I'm worried about the Padres. They had a scary moment yesterday. We'll talk about that, too. And then we will also get into, last but not least, the NBA playoffs as well. You can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Yerks Talks, on Facebook, on Spotify. And now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. A lot of places you can follow me at, so and I would appreciate that. That would be awesome. All right, let's get into it. We'll start with the NBA. The Miami Heat, they did it again. I finally got a prediction right, too. I was batting like, I was like one for six in my last predictions. <laughs> like really bad. But Miami Heat, they did it again. They beat Boston 112 to 109. They just keep finding ways to win. I, they, I don't know what it is, maybe because before the bubble, they weren't very good. And so they're just kind of taking advantage of the new surrounding, right? They just, they just, they don't panic. They just grind you out. Each game is a grind, right? Maybe you, you think that you're starting to pull away from them and then they buckle down and they just find ways to win games. They out hustle you. They play great team basketball. This, they have great chemistry. I think this might be in of the four teams remaining. I think that this team has the best chemistry together. They just, they, they know where other people are going to be. They just, they feel like they really have a solid unit. They're only playing seven guys, mind you. So they, they have a very, they don't have a very deep, deep bench, but they have a lot of contribution. And last night, another player stepping up the rookie 20 years old, Tyler hero from Kentucky. 37 points last night, 14 of 21 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3. And he also had two clutch free throws late. And then Jimmy Butler clenched in the fourth again with his defense, with his turnovers. Miami's been playing uh, zone defense a lot, right? All, all the other teams have been playing man-to-man. They've been sticking with this zone, and it's been working. Some teams, maybe they try the zone, right, for maybe – a couple minutes in a quarter, and then and then maybe another. Oh my God! Maybe the other team hits a three or hits a couple shots in a row, and then they give it up. But Miami has been sticking to this zone. They're saying this is our. This gives us the best chance to win, and we're going to play really good defense, play with that zone throughout the playoffs, and it's been working for them. Jimmy Butler, like I said, he was great again in the fourth. He ended up with twenty four points and nine rebounds. Dragic had a bounce back night. 22 points for him. Bam Adebayo, 20 points, 7-11 from the field, 12 rebounds. He's their unsung hero, man. He, he's a grinder. He just gets almost every board. It's insane. I'm surprised he only had 12 because it felt like he tipped almost every ball that was rebounded. Uh, thing to watch for him, though, he may have been injured late in that one. He was holding his arm, wouldn't let the medics look at it. He wanted to close out that game, but something, a storyline to look into for sure. But again, with Miami, they just they just seem so calm out there late in the games. I think that's what the Celtics' problems have been. On Boston's side, especially down the stretch, they just really tend to freak out late in games and rush things. They start playing really fast. They start jacking up really bad shots. 
They had six turnovers in the fourth. That was the storyline in this one. 19 in the game to Miami's eight turnovers. So that was huge. That That's the difference right there. I mean, they only lost by three. I mean, you, you, you take away like five, six turnovers. That's a win. And then, yeah, you, so you combine the turnovers and the bad shot selection, and then you get this. You're down 3-1 now. Tatum, he had 28 points in this one, nine rebounds, four assists. We'll talk about him later in a second here. Jalen Brown had 21 points, nine rebounds. Kemba Walker, 20 points, five assists. And Marcus Smart had a bad shooting night, but he still gets it done for the Celtics. Only 10 points, but 11 assists. Yeah, on paper, I talked about yesterday that the Celtics are the better team, right? They got Gordon Hayward in this one as well. He I, he had a good game too. They I I they just don't have that that clutch factor late. I mean they do, but they don't have that presence late. They just tend to unravel, and they're very young, and they're gonna get better, right? But it, yeah, it just seems like they just don't have that that leadership down when they're down late in games or when they have the lead to close it out. Let me talk about Jason Tatum for a second here because I've just been so impressed with this kid. 22 years old, another young guy that's that's producing in the bubble here, right? You had Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson for the Heat as well. Not his best night, but he's been great for them. Uh, 20 years old, Tatum, 22 years old Tatum is, and he is going to be special, man. I... I love this kid. The moment isn't too big. He's stepped up into this leadership role, right? You bring in Kemba Walker, who's kind of supposed to be the leader. And in, in a lot of ways, he is. But their best player is Tatum, and he knows that he has to perform. And he did in the second half in this one. He had a abysmal first half. No points in the first half. 0 of 6 from the field, right? Now, he's so young, you'd think maybe that would phase him. No, man. He came out. Guns blazing in the second half at 28 points, 10 of 16 from the field. He ends the game as the highest score on his team. And then even after, but even, even doing that, right. You'd think, man, Tatum, he ended up having a good game. You know, you might want to put like point kind of the blame elsewhere, right? Maybe, maybe Marcus Smart could have shot better. Maybe Kemba could have stepped that up a little bit more, but after the game, Tatum says, I can't have zero points in the first half. It's unacceptable. I mean, class act, right? You've been far and away the best player on your team, and you take you take the burden, right? You're putting everybody on your back, and you still you still feel responsible for that loss. I mean, I love it. I don't think that they can come back from being down 3-1 in this series. I think that the Heat are going to close it out. But it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, until this kid wins the NBA Finals and wins a championship. Uh, he, I, I feel that he's that good, and I think Boston's got a dynasty in the making here. We do have more basket hoops tonight. Game four, Lakers, Nuggets. L.A. is up 2-1. to one. Jeremy Grant for Denver. He was the story of game three. Huge points for them. Can anybody else step up for Denver? For the Nuggets, can anyone else do it? That's a big question heading into tonight's game. On the Lakers side, missed opportunity in game three. I thought that they would come out with a ton of energy, try to put the nail in the coffin, and go take a commanding 3-0 lead. But they didn't do that. They have to come out with energy in this one. They were just straight up out hustled in game three. They got out rebounded 34 to 53. They they played terrible defense. 
too many easy buckets for Denver. I mean, just you're talking layups, not getting back on defense, wide open threes. Speaking of threes, the Lakers shot the ball terribly from three, uh, only 23%. Now, they don't shoot it well, but they have been shooting well in this series. So look for them to maybe get more points in the paint, right? More like ISO with Davis and LeBron, maybe cuts to the basket for layups, things like that. My prediction for this one, I think the Lakers will figure it out. They come out hot, and they're going to win this game four. Another thing, though, to look to look for in this game, both teams were very sloppy. I know it was very high scoring in game three, but both teams did not play well. They turned it over a lot. The Lakers had 18 turnovers. The Nuggets had 20. So that's something to pay attention to coming into this one. Obviously, if you have the turnover differential that the Celtics had with the Heat, then you're going to probably lose. So we'll see. That that could be a big factor heading into game four tonight. All right, let's shift to baseball here. More shenanigans, uh, particularly in the National League. But uh, let's start with the American League. So we had a pitching duel last night that ended in a walk-off between the White Sox and the Indians. For the Sox, we had Lucas Giolito on the mound. He went six innings, four hits, two earned, three walks, and 11 strikeouts. He was dominant. Unfortunately, he had to pitch again. The American League Cy Young winner, well, he hasn't won it yet, but he's going to, on the Indians, Shane Bieber. Five innings, two hits, one run, but it wasn't earned. Three walks and 10 strikeouts. His ERA is now 1.63. It is the best in baseball. So the game's tied at two. Bottom nine, Jordan Luplo. He hits a solo. Yaya, get out of here. The Indians walk it off again. Back-to-back nights, and they're getting hot at the right time. Remember, they went on an eight-game losing streak, and now they're picking it up. They've taken three of four from the White Sox. They're looking for the sweep tonight. And that's important because the division title in the AL Central, right? At the beginning of the week, it seemed like the White Sox were just going to run away with it. But that, that title is now up for grabs. So that'll probably be the two seed, looking at the other records around. So it's going to be – so the two seed in the American League playoffs is up for grabs. Uh, in first right now, you have the Twins. They beat the Tigers 7-6 last night, and they have three games left. In second, you have the White Sox, who are only half a game back. And then the Indians, who are surging, are two and a half games back. Both the Sox and the Indians have four games left. So a lot could happen uh, in the AL Central. The Indians could win the division and go up to that two seed. That could knock the twin. The Twins could go all the way down to that seventh spot in the wild card. Same with the Sox. Tons of scenarios, man. Playoff Playoffs looming. We got nonsense all over the league. The Rays, they clinched their division. For the first time in 10 years, they beat the Mets 8-5 to last night. Something that I haven't talked about is there's going to be no booze in the playoff, no alcohol allowed, no idea why. Just, just to, just to, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of words. <laughs> I don't even know. Just to rain on everybody's parade, I guess. So the Rays, with that in mind, they don't want to have alcohol when they won the division. So they were smoking cigars in their dugout after the game to celebrate. It was it was cool to see. It's like, all right, so we can't we can't have booze. At least we can light up some cigars and uh, just look like <laughs> look like badasses out there in the dugout. 
So I think that there's going to be booze and maybe you'll just be like, oh, yeah, like, no, it was cider or it was just it was uh, it was Beck's or like O'Doul's, <laughs> like the non-alcohol stuff. I don't know. That just seems so absurd. And then uh, last bit of news in the American League here, the Mariners, they keep their playoff hopes alive, beating the Astros three to two. Still a lot of work to do. Tomorrow, I am going to do a fat recap of kind of what needs to happen for certain teams to make it. And then, yeah, what it needs to happen for certain teams to make it and how many games they have left, who they're playing, stuff like that. Tomorrow's episode is going to be nutty. Uh, on the, uh, on the uh, National League side, it's just more of this. It's just insanity on the National League side. It is so tight. There's still there's so many scenarios that could happen. Oh, it's crazy. So first things first, you have the Braves beating the Marlins last night, 9-4. to four. Uh, This doesn't really matter for the Braves. They already won the division. But the story from this one, their ace, Max Freed, he tweaked his ankle, fielding a bunt in this one, and had to leave the game early. So that's that's something to watch. If he can't go, that really hurts the Braves. The Marlins, they've now lost four straight. You know, they're in that six-seed spot right now. And the Phillies, they beat the Nationals last night, 12-3, to and now they're only half a game back of the Marlins for that sixth seed. So the Phillies, they're right now, they're on the outside looking in, they're in the hunt, but they're only a half game back of the Marlins, so the Marlins could drop all the way down to the, all the way down to, out of the playoffs, which is crazy, because they, they were surging, so that's another storyline to pay attention to. The Giants, as well. After beating the Rockies seven to two last night, they're they're now in that first wild card spot. They're in the seventh seed. Uh, just crazy, man! All people like the watching the NL West this whole week has been just up down. Like teams moving up, teams moving down, teams moving out of contention. Then they're back up. It's crazy. In that eighth and spinal in eighth spinal in that eighth and final spot right now are the Cincinnati Reds. They beat the Brewers last night six to one. They have now won 10 of their last 13. I want nothing to do with the Reds. They, they've been in, they've been insane. Particularly a certain pitcher for them, Trevor Bauer. He has been amazing. He was phenomenal in this one. On short rest, playoff spot on the line against the division rival. He goes eight innings, four hits, one earned, one walk, and 12 strikeouts. He was disgusting last night. I was able to watch a little bit of this one. Bottom six, he got into a little bit of trouble. There was an error by his third baseman that puts a runner on first. He gives up a single to the next batter. Now we got runners on the corners, no outs. What does Bauer do? Well, I, I, you know, I'm just going to take care of business. I'll strike out the next three batters, the heart of the Brewers lineup, their third time through the lineup, right? So they've seen Bauer twice now. And for those of you that don't know, when you're the third time through the lineup, the ERA for the starting pitcher increases by a lot, right? Because after you've seen them twice, now you kind of know what's working, what what's working well for them tonight, what they're throwing. So, yeah, to do that to the heart of the Brewers lineup, it was disgusting. And he was out there. He was getting pumped. After every strikeout, I was, like, building momentum. Gets the first guy, yeah. He's like, whoo. And then second guy's like, come on, yeah. And then the third guy, he's just out there, like, barbaric, screaming as he's leaving the mound after this inning. And then his last strike of, of the night was filthy. He gets uh, Christian Yelich. Uh, he actually struck him out three times in this game. He gets him to swing at a ball that is literally a foot in front of the home plate. It's in the dirt. And he gets him to swing on it. And then as he uh, leaves the 
as he leaves the field to go to the dugout, he starts doing the the Connor McGregor arm swing, and he's just strutting his stuff. I love Bauer this year, man. He's been so great uh, trolling the Astros. Obviously, he's been pitching really well. After the game, <laughs> on his Twitter, he was tweeting, give me that, referring to the Cy Young, and honestly, give it to him. Because this these last runs of games that he's done have been sensational. It should already be on its way after that performance. And he even talked about, I believe today or last night, that he could even go again if they need him to on Sunday. You know, if they don't, if they haven't clinched a wild card spot by then, he could go again. So that would be back to back starts on short rests. Which, and if he performed again there, I mean, oh my God, just. Drop it off drop it off on his porch that night if he does that. Good lord. Oh, love me some Trevor Bauer. I'm all about the Bauer outages, baby. All about him. Alright, let's shift to this. Uh, let's talk Padres here. So they lost again to the Angels 5-2. They're in the playoffs. It's it's okay. This game started so well, actually. Mike Clevenger on the mound. He looked great. He had a 1-2-3 first inning with two strikeouts. And then, bottom of the first, Hosmer had a two-run home run. They take the lead. I can get used to this. I'm, You know, that's what I'm thinking. This could be good going into the playoffs, man. Wild card round? Like, let's go. Come on. And then, disaster. Top of the second, you see Morahone coming in for Clevenger. And, and everybody's freaking out. You have no idea what happened. And, and now it's just panic, right? So last week, for those of you that don't know, Mike Clevenger was scratched from his start. He had uh, right bicep tightness, you know, tightness in his right bicep. Uh, Monday, it was either Monday or Tuesday, he pitched, right? He warmed up in the bullpen. He pitched out there, and he felt fine. And then, But then, obviously, yesterday, he had to leave the game. Same thing uh, with the tightness in his right bicep. Hopefully... I, th- I believe that – I don't know if the MRI is back yet. I, I tried to find it. I haven't seen any news about Clevenger, so maybe after this is done recording, there will be some news out on him. I will tweet about it, at John Yerkes on Twitter. Got to get the plugs in there somehow. All right. But hopefully he can pitch next week, maybe, maybe out of the bullpen or at all in the playoffs, right, if the Padres make it past the wild card round. It's a huge loss if he if he ends up missing the rest of the season. So Morhone, like I said, he did come in and he had a rough inning. Three hits, all of them home runs, gave up four earned, uh, two walks and one strikeout. Uh, we had six pitchers after him. It ended up just being a bullpen day. Tim Hill, he looked really good. Stamen came in and, and gave up a run again, so that doesn't bode well. Uh, Pagan, he had a bounce-back performance, and then Pomeranz struck off the side. That was really good to see. Pierce Johnson has looked really good as well. Side note, I didn't mention last episode, or two episodes ago, I'm not sure, but Matt Strom is back as well from uh, the IR. So hopefully we'll be able to see him in the wildcard round. Uh, the Padres actually had a making of a rally in the bottom of the ninth here. Remember, they're never out of games this year. They had two runners on with no outs, but the next three batters would pop out, fly out to left, and then Mitch Moreland to end the game would fly out to center. Uh, Mike Trout made a really good play on the ball. It was a good diving catch, but it looked like he had enough time to get there. I don't know if he had to dive. It looked cool, but obviously Mike Trout is uh, obviously one of the best players in baseball. But he, uh, people sometimes forget that he's a really good defensive player. So 
Oh, man. But this... yeah. So yesterday I was saying you, you don't need to panic. Uh, now you need to start sweating a little if you're a Padres fan. This this really hurts if Clevenger can't go. Also, Tommy Pham, I, I think we just need to maybe have him be a pinch hitter in this one. Or maybe DH against lefty pitchers instead of Moreland. I think Profar needs to start. Uh, Fam just this he has not looked healthy all year. Something's wrong with him. Some like health wise, something's wrong, and it's been wrong all year. And I don't know if it's foul play from the Rays. I'm not really sure, but something is up, man. And it's yeah, all year he's been like this. He's not been healthy all year, and so and he just something is off. It just it just looks off. So I think maybe we just DH him against left-handed pitchers, right? Because Marlon's a lefty, so maybe. We DH him there. Uh, I'm not sure. Obviously, the Padres are in the playoffs, though, so it's silver lining, right? We don't need to be down in the dumps. It does kind of stink, but, hey, it's next man up, you know? Paddock will have to step up. Clevenger can't go. Richard would probably move, Richard should probably move back into the rotation, right, if we get if we get past the wild card round. This team, don't forget, we're in the playoffs. We clinched last week, all right? Like, we're in the playoffs, so... Let's not completely abandon ship. Obviously, I would love to win a few games going into the wildcard rounds. That'd be awesome. And, of course, let's just all bow our heads and pray that Mike Clevenger won't be out for the playoffs, that he will be okay. Maybe he can start that second game in the wildcard or the third game if we need it. Today, though, we have another day off. That's been I either – I don't know if it's fortunate or – I think it's 50-50, right? Because maybe you want to keep playing games to, you know, get get into momentum, right? But at the same time, maybe it's good to have some days off, right? So Machado, uh, Tatis, Myers, getting all those guys days off. That's also solid. Hosmer as well. Gives another day for Clevenger too. Well, no, it doesn't add a day. But you know what I'm saying. Like, days off are good. Maybe we can regroup, head into this four-game series against the Giants to end the season. That's what I'm hoping that ha- that's what I'm hoping happens, right? So let's get some wins. Let's 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 go for three out of four at least, if not a sweep of the Giants to end the season. Build some some build some momentum heading into the wild card round, heading into the postseason, heading into hopefully long term October baseball for San Diego. And then also a little caveat: we got to keep the Giants out of the playoffs if we win three out of four, most likely. I'm really excited for October baseball, man. The, this this week building up has been awesome. And so I cannot wait for a wild card baseball to start next week. Whew. All right, let's close it out with some football. We got some Thursday night football tonight. We have the Miami, the Miami. We have the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Beard versus the Stash. We got Fitzmagic versus Minshew Mania. Now, I know that not a lot of people are going to watch this game because it's the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Honestly, I I think that it's a good opportunity to watch some football, number one. Obviously, I love football. One of the things I really wanted to do and I've stressed is that I want to cover all of the teams because I just – I think that there's talent all over the league that not everybody pays attention to and that there's there's some teams that are really on the brink of something special, right? So a team that comes to mind is the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are like a few 
How many people thought that that Monday night game was going to be close? Or that the Raiders were going to win? Not a lot of people. People thought that the Saints were going to blow them out. The Raiders are a few key pieces away from being the the Arizona Cardinals of this year. Right? So last year, Arizona, near the end of the season, they were starting to figure things out. And they were a tough out. That's what the Raiders are going to be this year. They're going to be a very tough out. They have a Derek Carr is playing extremely well. Darren Waller is a problem. Josh Jacobs is also a problem. And then defensively, they got a couple studs on there. Max Crosby, I was talking about. Jonathan Abram, he's an issue for for uh, offenses. The guy is a stud. So they're a couple pieces away. That's why they went out and got Antonio or tried to get Antonio Brown last year. Right. I mean, if you you give that offense a clear stud number one wide receiver, I mean, that's an issue, right? And then same on the defensive side. I mean, in this next offseason, they get a couple of key defensive players into that that defense. Look out. The AFC West could be in trouble. No joke, man. The Raiders are climbing. But, yeah, that's what I think is out there, right? You have teams that that aren't well-known, right? They don't have that – they maybe don't have – the big popularity fan base, you know, like a Cowboys or like the Niners or like the Chiefs or like the Ravens or the Steelers, teams like that. And this Thursday Night Football, this is a chance for them to kind of get in the spotlight and to see them. So if, you, if you're not doing anything, if you're not watching basket hoops, check out the, the football game. I think it should be really good. Let's start with injuries, though. Uh, Miami, oh, real quick, Jacksonville's favored by three points in this one. That's the line, minus three, and the over-under is 48 and a half points uh let's start with injuries so my on miami side their cornerback byron jones this hurts he's going to be out with a groin slash achilles injury their safety clayton fedgedelum fedgedelum oh man you guys don't know how long it took me to pronounce to try to get that right for this i think i did well eight out of ten he's doubtful and then their defensive end stowbridge uh coach's decision on this one he didn't travel with the team on Jacksonville's side, two key injuries for them. Their starter, their starting center, Brandon Linder, he's out with a knee injury. And then their probably their best wide receiver, DJ Chark, he is going to be out in this one with a chest injury. I'm going to start with defense for both teams. Uh, they are, are uh, not, not doing great. They're allowing over 400 yards. Uh, with Miami, they're averaging, uh, they're giving up on average 450 yards. And then Jacksonville, a little bit over 400, 406. Uh, on on the Dolphins side, you have a ton of new pieces coming in. They're still trying to trying to figure out how to play together, right? Uh, you have Shaq Lawson coming in, Kyle Van Noy, Xavier Howard, uh, Byron Jones. Obviously, he's not playing tonight, but he's a new addition as well. They had a bunch of cap space in this offseason, and they spend they spend it all basically. They just they went out and got a bunch of new additions. So obviously, there's this learning curve there, but they. Um, individually, they're all really solid, but you need you need a cohesive defensive unit in order to really uh, stop offenses. So they're working on that. On Jacksonville side, uh, kind of a similar situation. They have a couple of really key, like solid players. Uh, Josh Allen, not the quarterback for the Bills, obviously, but the defensive end. And then you have Miles Jack, Joe Scobert. But the secondary is where they really have weakness. Uh, they're just very inexperienced, right? So you have your, you have the rookie, C.J. Henderson, out of Florida. He was drafted ninth overall this year. Uh, he's their best corner, just to give you an idea. And honestly, he could be their best player in the secondary. He's been great for them. He's, like, very good in his first two weeks. 
that people were concerned about his tackling. He's made he's had really good tackling. His coverage has been solid. He had a really great pick on Philip Rivers week one, where he read Rivers all the way and made the play. Uh, he's 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 been the best. Well, one of the best players on Jacksonville's defense through the first two games. Uh, he's one to watch tonight. If you are going to turn, if you are going to tune into this one, pay attention to C.J. Henderson for the Jaguars. I love me some defense. I'm, I've always been a fan of defense. Obviously, ever since I mean, the dawn of time. I think I love watching defense, and yeah, he. So yeah, there's going to be players on both sides that. Uh, that, that popped tonight. And so, yeah, pay attention to the defense if you want. Let's shift to offense, though. This is where the magic happens. Fitz magic and Minshew mania. Let's start with Jacksonville. So Gardner Minshew, he's been playing really well. Uh, he's completing 75% of his passes. Obviously, he had that ridiculous week one, 19 of 20. This is a team with a very solid wide receiver core. Obviously, huge loss tonight. No DJ Chark, but they still have Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, their their rookie, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, you can make an argument that they have the best wide receiver core in their division, uh, especially with the Texans getting rid of Hopkins. So, yeah, the, 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 like you might not think it, but the, this is actually a very well-put-together well offense. They're also averaging over 100 yards rushing through the first two games. Their rookie running back, James Robinson, he's looked great. He can run and catch. The backup, Chris Thompson, he also makes plays. He's their third down running back. He's very good as well. I I spoke too soon about this team. I called them a dumpster fire. Uh, that was a mistake. Obviously, they've made a lot of questionable moves during this offseason, right? They get rid of their probably their best defensive player in Calais Campbell. They get rid of their corners, Ramsey and Bouye. Uh, they, they got rid of uh, Ngakwe, their, their defensive end, who's now on the Vikings. But they they have a plan, I think, long-term, and they're going for that rebuild. And so one of the ways that, that you do that is you offload talent, like players that you don't want to build around, that are maybe a little bit older or that maybe have an attitude problem, things like that. So that's the direction they went. Uh, I've definitely been impressed with Jacksonville. They're going to be a tough out for a lot of teams this year, kind of like the Raiders. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Jay Gruden, Offensive coordinator for Jacksonville. Uh, remember, he was Washington's last coach. And I keep, I'm going to keep harping on this. There are just some guys who are better in that coordinator position than the head coach one. You take a big step up. There's a lot of responsibilities being a head coach, right? You got to say the right things, do the right things. All the pressure is down on you, even through injuries, through like faults that are not your own. But I've been very impressed with his play calling for Jacksonville, right? It's a team that people didn't think was going to be very good, that we're going to maybe finish last in the league. And uh, this offense has been really productive moving the ball. So shout out to Jay Gruden. He's been great. On the Dolphins side, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic. Well, sometimes he's magic. Sometimes he's, what's the opposite of magic? Like dull? Like boring? Like something that's expected? I don't know. He, he'll do a job for you, basically, is what Fitzpatrick does. He bounced back from last week. They almost beat the Bills. Uh, if not for a fourth and goal drop by Preston Williams, they would have been leading that game heading into the fourth. Uh, again, like Jacksonville, this team has solid weapons on offense. You have Devontae Parker, who had a great uh, wide receiver. Devontae Parker, who had a great 
uh, season last year. Preston Williams, again, we just touched on him. He dropped the touchdown pass, obviously, but still a really solid receiver. Uh, tight end Mike Gesicki, he broke out last week. He had eight catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And then this team also has a ton of depth at running back. Miles Gaskin, he's their starter. He's been looking very good. And then behind him, two solid running backs. Jordan Howard, he's a bruiser. He's your goal line back, right? Your third and one, third and goal. He's the guy in there that can pick you up that yard, can get you that touchdown. And then behind him, Matt Breida from the Niners. Could use him now with all our injuries. Jesus. The Cheetah, he's explosive. Uh, he was a little bit injury prone. That's <laughs> ironic enough. That's why the Niners end up going in a different direction. But he's a great pass catcher, pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, ton of ton of solid weapons on both the uh, both sides of the ball here. My prediction for this one: I think Jacksonville will win. I think that they're going to cover as well, and I would bet the over. If I was a betting man, which eh, I play fantasy football and I do pickums, but other than that, I don't really bet. But uh, I think it'd be good while I'm doing predictions and while I'm previewing games to kind of talk about that because I know there's some people out there that would bet prof- that would bet football if they knew more. So yeah, bet. Bet Jacksonville to, to cover and then bet the over. Uh, I think with no Byron Jones and that the safety could miss for Miami, I think that that's just too much. I think that it'll be a field day for Minshew who's been playing well. I think Miami will also be just trying to catch up, be playing catch up in this one, right? Uh, and Fitzpatrick will, unfortunately, as good as Fitzmagic is, right? The highest of highs with Fitzmagic, he also has the lowest of lows. I think that he will make a few mistakes in this one. And Jaguars will take the win. And they'll go to 2-1. Two, two and one, A surprising 2-1. and one. And if they do win, they'll be... Well, depending on what the Titans do. But they'll be... They won't be the worst team. I mean, Houston is bailing water right now. As fast as they can. And Deshaun's the only one doing it. And he's doing it with, like, a spoon. <laughs> Get that man some help. You just paid him all this money. Come on, Bill O'Brien. Ugh. Alright, but yeah, Jacksonville wins. Go Jags. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode. If you liked it, as always, feel free to share it. I appreciate the love and support. We got a big episode tomorrow. First things first, we got some baseball playoff scenarios to run through, what teams are in the hunt still, what teams are locked, things like that. And then it's also Football Friday. So we got a recap, or recap, we got a preview all the week three matchups on Sunday, but we do have to recap this Thursday night game. That could be a banger. Could be good. Tune in if you want. Tune in to the basket hoops as well. There's a lot of great sports stuff going on. So, yeah, this has been Yarks with Yarks Talks. Go watch some sports tonight, and I will see you tomorrow for a great episode. You don't want to miss it. I'm out of here. Have a good one.